Welcome back. Welcome back. I, I think this is like maybe the shortest time between podcasts that we've done in like we had one uh, one stretch where we did like three weeks in a row. My God, when we first started, maybe maybe it was three out of four. Um, that was during the Middleton versus Middleton days, right? Oh yeah. Has has Kate Middleton done anything uh, exciting recently that could compete? Chris Middleton's. I I, I realize probably not, neither of them have done anything exciting because everyone's still in quarantine. Pretty much. So pretty much. So this is where we're at, and uh, Kate Middleton. It's a deadlock. It's it's always been. It's it's still a deadlock. I, you know, I hate to say it, but probably being royalty and living in a palace during quarantine times is beating out Chris living in Milwaukee. Not um, no knock on Milwaukee, but I don't know though. But he gets to play with Giannis, and I feel like that would have been your number one argument. Well, if they were playing, that would be my number one. <laughs> but if you're going to be quarantined, would I rather be quarantined as British royalty, or would I rather be quarantined in the state of, or like in the city of Milwaukee, which Milwaukee has fantastic beers and breweries, amazing. But beers if you and can't breweries. go to them, if you can't go because of quarantine, I'm just saying I'd rather be British royalty. You're right. You're right. Um, I guess that's our cold open. Um, welcome back. Welcome back to the another edition of the Hoops Temple podcast. There is, uh, I'm Richard Blue, and on the line with me as always is Nathan Schwartz. Uh, there is no MBA to be to speak of as of right now. So we are going to begin a little experiment on our, I don't even know if we, do we have a name for it yet? Working back? No, we're just. We're just going backwards. We're doing. We're working our way backwards with a happiness inside. I don't know. That's I know that's 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 a riff off of, and that's copyrighted and trademarked, and I am in no way infringing on that. Working my way back to you. I don't know the artist though. Uh, Motown song for sure though. Um, But yeah. Um, so what we're doing is we're going to work our way backwards through the NBA seasons. We might learn a few things. We might remember a few things. Um, we're, we're going through a lot of Wikipedia, a lot of uh, basketball reference. Um, but we thought it would be fun to kind of take a trip down memory lane. Um, and, and if we get beyond what we know, learn some stuff. Maybe prove a few things wrong. Really looking at it season by season. Um, so, and we're going to look at it from a historical doing, context as well. So I think yeah. touch on different important points because the NBA, as we go through season by season, has changed a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Kendrick Perkins wasn't always in the league to make it as wonderful as it was. All right, well, why don't you kick us off? I know you've you've done some some basic run, rundowns that um, all right will seem really commonplace for everyone right now. Uh, but I'm hoping if we make it back into the 80s or if we get back into the 70s, doing this rundown, we'll kind of see where things exactly. change. Exactly. And I think, honestly, I think within the next five seasons, you're going to see how things definitely change. Um, True. True. So let's go over just some brief, like, I'm going to call this bookkeeping, uh, this section. Yeah. We, we, we're going to start every uh, season off with some bookkeeping, which is just some behind-the-scenes stuff. Some uh, official stuff, legal stuff, uh, with the NBA. 
so the 2018-19 season was the 73rd for the NBA. Um, Mm-hmm. There were 30 teams, and 80, all 82 games were played. Uh, season started uh, in mid-October on the 16th this year, and on April 10th. Um, the TV broadcast partners were ABC, TNT, ESPN, and, and the NBA Zone, NBA TV. Um, yep. So the All-Star Game was played at Spectrum Center in Charlotte, North Carolina. It was actually supposed to be played there the year before, uh, but due to some political... Uh, laws that were passed in North Carolina. The game was moved to New Orleans, which we'll cover when we do next season's do last, do last season. the season before well, his podcast. Um, seventeen eighteen. Seventeen eighteen. Yep. That was played on February seventeenth, mid February. Um, the league ended on June thirteenth with the Raptors winning the title over the Golden State Warriors, their first title in franchise history. Um, mm-hmm. And as far as NBA draft. Uh, that was held. The first pick was DeAndre Ayton with uh, Phoenix Suns. Uh, top seed was the Bucks. MVP was Giannis. Top score was James Harden. The runner-ups were the Bucks and the Blazers. And Finals MVP was Kawhi Leonard. Um, and that is our basic and, bookkeeping. Um, and West Conference champion uh, was the Warriors. Yes, West Conference champion was the Warriors. Yeah. Let's jump into it with the rookies. Absolutely. Uh, Ayton was our number. Aiton was our number one pick. Yes, he was. Um, but I don't, I don't necessarily feel like he's destined for stardom. Um, I know there's two kind of obvious stars out of this draft of Trey Young and uh, Luka Doncic. Uh, but is there anyone else, Richard? You really feel like it is going to be a star out of this draft? Who are who are your other potential stars? I mean, you've got to look at uh, obviously Kevin Knox. Clearly, I mean, he's really one of the best players. Oh, no, no, I'll, I'll, I could be serious. I could be serious. And, I, I, and Kevin Knox just—I think he went to the wrong team. Someone I obviously have to point out is a person who had a song made after them that was hit. Mo Bamba, baby, Mohammed Bamba, the sixth pick to the Orlando Magic, and um, I think he's got a lot of potential. Okay, as a rookie coming in the NBA, who had a better song? Mo Bamba or John Wall? Uh, Do that, the John Wall. That might John have to be a whole Wall. separate podcast for best songs for uh, best songs for, uh, for players. That might have to be a whole separate pod. Uh, I'm just saying, it, it stands the test of time, that John Wall song. I haven't heard Mo Bamba da, 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 in, in about a but if you play it, people. If you play it at a party, people will go like people will go crazy. True, uh, true. I did. I did. I play it at a house party, and people went pretty lit. I mean, I I imagine when we uh, meet up with everyone from uh, the team group, I feel like Mo Bamba will yeah. have to be the song that be played like on repeat. <laughs> God, just going in and out of bars to Mo Bamba. <laughs> anyway, um, some other. Picks that I think obviously shy, uh, who I think he did pretty well, or Sh- am I pronouncing that right? SGA. Uh, it's Shay. Whatever. Shay. Shy. I don't know. He uh he he averaged close to twenty this past season, and so stardom could be in his future. Um, definitely, definitely took that second year bounce. Uh, I know a lot's been made of Donkic and Young making that second year bounce, but Shay Shay made it right along with him. Um, also, someone who actually, I mean, this is a snoozer slash but uh, a snoozer who 
definitely I don't I don't really know what to make of it just yet. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, missed the year, but uh, he's been looking good. Um, just so the the audience is aware, I, I, we came up with different categories. We've got star, uh, bust, sleeper. Who sleepers your guy? You know, late first, first early second, or late second that came is something good. Um, and then we have snoozer, who I was category categorizing a snoozer as someone who hasn't quite hit yet, but you still have faith in. Um, so I don't know if Richard, did you ever watch uh, when Luka Doncic came in? There was a like hour long video of him and uh, Dizana Musa. Not Dizana Job. Did you ever see that? No, not Dizana Job. We'll talk about him in in future podcasts. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Luca's like, I drive a Lambo. I have this tiger tattoo on my forearm. And Moose is like, I'm a worker. I'm, you know, going to get this. And Moose is like 6'9 and 110 pounds, maybe. So, but I fell in love with him from that, that video. And I just kept feeling like he was going to be good. So I haven't quite given up faith in him yet. But I'm hoping, I'm still hoping he becomes something. This is Moose on the Nets, right? Yeah. I think I might have seen him play this season. My my other one that, that I really liked that was kind of still snoozing, but he got to start this year, was Isaac Isak Bonga. gangster. Yeah. He um, he started on the Wizards this year. He was billed as like a point guard, uh, but he's playing small forward. He's 6'7", long, lanky, athletic, uh, good hands. I don't know if he'll ever be anything, but he kind of had this grainy footage that reminded me of Giannis when he was, you know, not in the league yet, so I was like, ooh, maybe next Giannis. But I don't think that's going to hit. So, How did you feel about uh, Bagley? <sighs> I've not seen too much of Bagley. You know, it, he's athletic, he runs the floor well. Got uh, great hair. I don't particularly care. True, true. Uh, I don't care for the him and Fox combo. Um... I love De'Aaron Fox. He's lightning fast. This, but I, I feel like I'd want more of like a lob thrower, pick and roll guy. Maybe with uh, like if you pair him with like a young Chris Paul type, which I'm not sure if that exists. <laughs> Fair. You know, there's just better pairings. So we'll see. Um, Jaron Jackson and Junior is another another good star candidate. Um, as far as sleepers, we haven't we haven't really seen a ton of the the late round guys really take off, uh, except for your own Mitchell Robinson. Oh, thank Lord, thank the Lord for like there's like one it's like the one good thing that has happened, like in all of yeah, that's it pretty much. Mitchell Robinson, yeah, I mean, um, you can't hit on them all. He's a blocks. Yeah. It's a poor man's. He's yeah, a poor man's drumming. Which, you know, maybe the way of the league. Like, you get that big man that goes out there and plays twenty minutes and catches lobs. That that could be all you need. Just protect the paint, catch a few lobs. Getting that in the second round seems like a pretty good deal to me. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, one thing I did want to talk about, uh, and I think this will fall into rookies before we go into transactions and/or retirements. 
Um, yeah. The trade, uh, Luca for Trey Young trade. We have. Did it work out for both parties? I think it remains to be seen. Uh, it definitely worked out for Dallas. The pick that they traded ended up being used for Cam Reddish. So it's it's Trey Young and Cam Reddish versus Luca. So I think that works out in Dallas's favor. Uh, as far as for Atlanta, Atlanta's gone so all in on building around Trey. They they replaced their coach over the offseason to Lloyd Pierce, who is best known for his work in Golden State, working with Steph Curry and uh, Memphis, working with Mike Conley. So he's a point guards guy. He believes in building uh, the whole team around the guards. Um, from from what we've seen of him, and I'm just I'm not sold that this is really. Uh, I don't know if Trey should be that focal point. He, he certainly, he was an all-star, or, no, he wasn't an all-star this year, was he? Yeah, he was yeah, an he, all-star, yes, he was. Oh, gosh. Yeah, wow. So That's what I'm saying, he's already an all-star. I'm looking at the list, and literally only two people have made the all-star team from that draft, and it's Trey and Luca. That's it. He's got the superstar qualities that people, like, people will buy his jersey. He's got the, he's got a little bit of swagger. Very small dude. Not a very good-looking dude, no offense, Trey. Um... I don't know. I think Atlanta's selling jerseys and people are in the seats and kids want to be like Trey Young. In the in terms of like superstar trades, this was something we're gonna talk about ten years from now and be like, oh remember when the superstars were trading for each other? Like well I don't I look, I think Trey Young could be on a level of like Josh Smith. Like a, a strong B plus, like mm. dynamic mm. all star, like Joe yeah. like a Joe Johnson. Josh, like, you're never. I don't know if you're gonna win a title with this dude alone. I think that him plus two more pieces can equal. You could maybe have a shot, but this is not. He's mm. not a game changer. Like Luca is like a lister. Dirk. I'm already putting him in like the Dirk category. Um, and his his yeah. emergence has actually made me question how good Porzingis is. Uh, well, so that that may be a, a fair thing to say. Is like, I've. You put Luca in that like Dirk trajectory, and I might put Trey Young to keep it in Atlanta Hawks at like a Joe Johnson or a Josh, Josh, um, Al Horford, you're right. Josh Smith, you know, someone who makes three, four All Star games. He'll uh, make more than that. A, he'll make more than that. I guess he made it as a rookie, so he'll probably or not a rookie, a second year guy, so he'll probably make more. But you know, I, I still think Dallas wins this trade when we look back at it in. 20 right, years. of course, but you also have to look at Mark Cuban's the owner. Dallas is a better market. He's built a way better infrastructure. I'm pretty sure Carlisle's still the <laughs> coach there, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, Carlisle's still coach. So it's just like if you're, if Trey Young goes to Dallas, I mean, while I don't know how they would have used his talents, I think that he still would have had a better career in Dallas. I think anybody who I think if Luca goes to Atlanta, we're laughing because Atlanta's probably just gonna he's probably gonna end up leaving and as soon as his contract's up, and we know that. Because they True. wouldn't know what the fuck to True. do with him. At least we know that just, Dallas knows how to, to curate and nurture uh, a budding star. Let's let's do coaches because I want to make fun of Phoenix. Absolutely. Um, let's move to coaches because Phoenix Phoenix hires Igor Koslovskov. I, I butchered that name, but they hire Igor, and Igor is the Slovenian national team coach who coaches Luka Doncic. And refers to him as the Wonder Boy. And they don't draft Luca. 
<laughs> I, I just I just want to put that out there of you have you have the number one pick you have the coach who coaches this kid and thinks he is the best he fits next to Devin Booker that that works well but no you draft DeAndre Ayton who I think would be a fine player definitely a candidate for Jamal McGlure all-star or you know somewhere down the Jamal line Jamal McGlure Jamal McGlure think about how much the media was talking up Aiton like every year at the draft like people are feeding information like you know like Mel Kuyper and Tom McShay like think about how much like with Jameis and Mariota this is like a classic scenario like how many draft like they were pumping mm-hmm. up Anthony Bennett before the draft you know what I mean so like everyone looks good before they actually hit the court you know, yep. you can, it's yep. all about perception. Like, the fact that Anthony Bennett was like, oh, man, this is just going to be great, blah, blah, blah. I'm just like, what the? F-? At least we're not having that this year. Well, and you know what's funny, and I think we're going to see this when we look back over drafts, is more of the busts are big men than our guards. Like, guards don't, can you think of, like, a top guard I know I'm just putting you on the spot here, but I can't think of one on the spot of like a top three, top four guard pick that busted. But like, if you think about a it, a true bust. I ask you to in the top five. Yeah, name me. All right, here let's play this differently. Name me a center bust in the top five. I can name. Take you no time at well, all. Well, that's because my level of expectation for them is way higher because they're big men. Every big like think about how we grew up. Oh yeah, like growing up, everyone was told to, you had to be a center, or to be good. I grew up watching. Um, I grew up with a, a family friend that had taped tons of Lakers games throughout the eighties. So I grew up watching Kareem. And I practiced my sky hook. I practiced my sky hook so much. You know, get in the post, one dribble, shoulder fake. I'm five foot nine. I should never have practiced I was say sky you're hook. A very, you're a short like, Jewish man. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I'm a short Jewish man. <laughs> There was there was no point in me doing this, but but no. I'm just like just, I'm I'm still right. envisioning you, just just like just outside practicing that sky. Yes. Hook? Yeah. You know, with your long right, also, also with your long hair back in the day. <laughs> oh, my Jesus flow. All right, let's let's do the coaches. There were there were eight coaches changed over the off season, three during the season. Um, there's definitely a name that stands out to me. Uh, there are a couple of names, but what names jump out to you? What names jump out to me? Uh, Dwayne Casey. Yep, fired from Toronto, hired in Detroit, because he's definitely going to be the answer there. Oh, of course. I mean, I would... Dwayne Casey was just basically a coaster on the table to make sure that the cup doesn't get... You know, it was a notable name. He's respected. And look, he did have success in Toronto. I cannot take that away from him, you know? He went as far as one could go with DeMar DeRozan. Uh, Coach of the year. You know, yeah. So, Casey stands out. Which is the kiss of death. Pretty much. Unless you're Nick Nurse. Oh, no, no. He never, no, he hasn't won in it. You're right. Buttonholzer. Buttonholzer won that last, last, this, yeah, you're right. He did. Whole crap. I feel like, I feel like Nurse will win it this year, but. Definitely. I mean, um, another name that sticks out, I, I wanted to throw down. Before we continue, mm-hmm. Steve Clifford. What about Clifford jumps out to you? I just, wasn't he coach of somewhere before? Let's see. Um, he had been with the 
the Bobcats uh, slash Hornets prior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the head coach of the Bobcats. Hornets. I just associate him. Oh, yeah, he was also with the Knicks. That's right. I True, he was a Knicks assistant. So I just associate him with losing. You know, it's So it's I don't know how. Think, so like, he was the coach of the Bobcats Hornets, right? Who had little yep. to no success. And the yep. Magic were like, you know what, Steve? The DeVosses were like, I want you to be the coach of the the, the the Orlando Magic, man. You know, our fan base, they don't deserve shit. So just... Hey, it's the DeVosses. I'm sure it was an educated decision. The most educated decision. Hey, they're from Michigan. You Very can't Very educated. Hate. Oh, but I can. I can. So, Steve Clifford. Like, what... what the, these moves are just like... It's like the ESPN segment. Like, come on, man. <laughs> like... Yeah. Anywho, you know, those are that's. I understand. It takes a lot. At least it's better than Chicago, who mid-season fired Fred Hoiberg and replaced him with Jim Boylan. Which, I I feel like in ten years everyone will have forgotten Boylan. So I just want to get on the record. Of he almost had a team mutiny for him. He tried to like have professional athletes run suicides and like do push-ups, you know. He basically treated it like a high school gym class, and I don't, I don't know if that's ever gonna work. Um, I'll tell you. Guess what? He's from East Grand Rapids, Michigan, and he got cool. it. And he got his start. Grand Rapids just pumping out the grades. And he got his start as a Michigan State assistant um, uh, in '87 under Izzo. Oh. So. Uh, oh man. Yeah, you have a lot of connections to him. And by the way, as an assistant coach, he's a three-time champion. Twice with the Rockets, once with the Spurs. So he has three rings. So just want to just throw those fast facts out there at you. Uh, thank you very much. Terrible. To, uh, I really internet. feel like Pop has to... I, I, wanna, I wish someone would ask Pop about each of his assistant coaches that have gone on to be head coaches. Because he's had some great ones. And he's had some terrible ones. I'd love to get Pop on the record of, like, which ones was he secretly laughing? Like, you guys want to hire this guy? You guys, you, you really, that guy? Like. Oh, man. Interesting to hear. I feel like if we ever get to meet Pop, you can ask him, which will be hopefully soon. Um, one more coaching hire. Uh Mid-season, Tom Thibodeau gets axed from Minnesota, and they hire Ryan Saunders, um, which we'll we'll get into it more in probably that 2004 pod. Um, but Flip, Ryan's father, was was a really great coach. It was kind of funny uh, and fun seeing his son on the sidelines, and I, I remember watching Ryan, uh, Flip diagram plays and all of these things so flip is it's, it's nice flip is great um uh i don't know if you got you read this uh in the media there was a news report a couple of days ago about kg uh and how uh, basically after flip died um everything kind of fell apart because kg was supposed to become a minority owner mm-hmm. and then i don't know um basically he doesn't want his number like retired in Minnesota because of mm-hmm. what Glenn Taylor, the owner, uh, allegedly yeah. did, or allegedly how things went. Um, yeah. Garnett really, really 
vehemently dislikes Glenn Taylor. Um, yeah. Using profanity when describing him. So. Yeah, but that's that's, that's Garnett. Garnett. That's profanity. true. Use profanity, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway. if he has a really good bagel that he likes, he'll probably use profanity to tell you how good that bagel is. It's true. Um, uh, obviously, the next hired fired Jeff Hornacek hired Fitzdale. Bunholzer went to mm-hmm. uh, Milwaukee. Uh, I don't. Uh, I don't know who James Borrego is. Another Spurs assistant. Another Spurs assistant. Okay. And yep. yeah, I just can't believe that Steve Clifford went from one bad franchise to another bad franchise. It's still like it pretty yep. is pretty incredible. Um, and I am just astonished that this guy has a job and he has no championships to his name. Unlike Jim Boylan. I could have sworn Clifford had something. Nope. Lakers assistant. I guess he was a Lakers assistant. When they were terrible. Years. Exactly. That's just why I said he's just. It, all I can do is associate his name with losing. Hmm. That's disappointing. You're disappointed? Yeah. Try being a, a Bobcats fan and try being a Cardinal <laughs> Magic Fair. fan. Fair. So. Fair. Um, speaking of disappointing, this is a great segue. Uh, the NBA lost some some longtime members. There were a few notable retirements uh, before the season kicked off. Uh, we lost uh, the great Nick Collison, Manu Ginobili, Boris Diaw, yeah. uh, Al Jefferson, Richard Jefferson, David West, Roy Hibbert, Mo Williams. Roy Hibbert, man. Uh-huh. Verticality in the flesh. And his, those days in Indiana. I used to try to be them in 2K all the time. He's like, oh, I'll just have Hibbert. I'll just lay it up all the time. Well, that West-Hibbert combo was a real defensive great piece, and I'm sure we'll get more into it when we get back to those playoff series of the Heat versus the Pacers. Oh, man, those were, oh, those were days. when Paul George's come out party. You know, it's so crazy to think that they could have had Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and uh, Danny Granger... Who Danny Granger was much better before he I forget what the leg injury was, but you know, you had these like three long, lanky wings that were all could score, could shoot, could pass, could defend. And then they're like, nah, we'll we'll take George Hill for for Kawhi. That seems like a fair trade. <laughs> any any of those names that you're definitely gonna miss, anyone you wanna touch on? I mean, obviously you you talk about NBA champions. Uh, I'm pretty sure West won with the Warriors, right? Yep. Uh, got in with Warriors. Ginobili. Diao got a few. Diao got a couple. A couple with the Spurs. Richard Jefferson got one, right? With the uh, Cavs. Yep, he got his with the Did Cavs. Did Al ever get his? No. And Al... Al was, Al was an all-star, wasn't he? Uh, yeah, Al was subject to a changing NBA. Um, and you can kind of read about him in Kirk Goldberry's book, Sprawl Ball where he basically points out that Al Jefferson's the reason why the NBA went away from the post because he looks like a 20 and 10 player. He was a 25 and 10 player. He looks great. And then you realize that he shot like 38% from 4 feet away from the basket and he just wasn't actually good and he never contributed to winning. And he's what's really uh, Goldberry hinges like a whole chapter of his book basically picking on and belittling Al Jefferson 
for for not being good. And, and it just shows how the game changed because if he had that same career in the 70s before these analytics and before these things, we'd have Al Jefferson, you know, his jersey would be retired somewhere. It probably would be. He probably would have been utilized a whole lot better. Um, I just want to throw out a couple of fast facts about Al. He made the All-Rookie second team in 05, and he actually made the All-NBA third team in 2014, which I'm sure we'll cover uh, in, a, yep. in a few pods. But he was never an All-Star, though. I'm definitely going to, I remember, you know, fondly him. I remember drafting him in 2K and be like, oh, this guy's going to be 20 and 10. You know, I put Al Jefferson yeah. in the same, oh, yeah. I put Al Jefferson in the same sentence as, uh, what's his face? Um, that I'm sure we'll talk, I can't wait to talk about that draft uh, with uh, Derek Favors. Uh, yeah. That's that, oh man, Derek Favors is like a, uh, a point of, <laughs> but anywho, we're getting off oh, those, topic here. Those were some fun teams. Oh man. Teams where they just had like four, four really great bigs, but we'll get to those. We'll get to Anyhow, that's for our retirements. You know, obviously we got to just say shout out to Ginobili, but we're going to talk about him plenty. Yeah, I, I don't feel bad if we don't talk about Ginobili, Ginobili right, right now. now. Nick um, Collison we could touch on, I mean, if you want. You know, Nick, the great Nick Collison. I mean, he went to the University of Kansas, I remember, because he played with Kurt Heinrich, and he played with Drew Gooden. And I remember I loved that Kansas team. Um, not going to lie. I would have thought that Nick Collison retired like six years before he did because he used you know he played with the Sonics of course he was the last remaining players on the Sonics yeah he I was saying yeah he was one of the last he's one of the last Sonics players who played how many people we've got there's got to be a stat out there how many players who were on the last Sonics are still in the league Durant Durant I guess will be in the league for a while but like who else besides Durant is still in the league that was on the Sonics roster? I found, actually, I'm sure we can find that out right now. I, I'm going up to try to pull up their draft picks and see. Durant is the only player they drafted still in the league. But anyone that pl- they may have had others on the roster that year, but yeah, because they left in the 0708 was the last 0708, right? I guess Jeff Green's still in the league. Oh yeah, is Jeff Green still in the league? Yeah, he's on um, he's on Houston right now. Everyone else, oh, they have Wally Zerbiak. All right, we'll we'll, we'll do things on on the Sonics. Okay, um, so. definitely will. Um, I think you know, future pods we can deep dive on all the franchises, which is what I'd really love to do, as well. Yeah. Um, but they, but for the record, the Sonics have the greatest logo in NBA history. Did you did you talk my fiance into buying me a Sean Kemp jersey? I have no idea what you're talking about. I've never. I don't even know who so, your fiance is. So, I don't. I'm, I'm not for, even. Gonna, you know what? For the listeners, my fiance and Richard are both terrible liars. Uh, my fiance caught me uh, looking at old jerseys because uh, there's a guy selling a couple nearby, and I was just googling them and looking at some, and and she's like, "Oh, do you want a jersey for your birthday, which is coming up in a, a few weeks?" And I'm like, yeah. She's like, oh, well, which ones? I'm like, I can't tell you which ones. You gotta, you gotta do some legwork. She's like, okay. And then Richard messaged me like the next day. I didn't message like, hey. you. I messaged the you group. Put, you put it, you put it in the group chat. But I basically just turned to my fiance and I'm like, so you asked Richard. She's like, what? How do you know? I shouldn't have done that. I, I regret doing that. Um. <laughs> oh. 
Oh, I, I knew she would do that. Oh, Lord so. Jesus. All right, so it's not a Sean Kemp jersey. I gotta keep guessing. Oh my God! You know what? <sighs> All right, let's let's get into the awards. Let's get into the season. awards. Let's let's uh, let's do this. All right. Um, do we even need to talk about MVP? Well, it, it's Giannis's first of hopefully many. He was just a wrecking ball. The way he smashes through the lane. Um, I I bought tickets to go see him in Milwaukee this year. Or not this year, but during this season, and that we're discussing, and he had this one play against Lonzo Ball where he just he's fast breaking down the court. He crosses up. I want to say it was Josh Hart. Or maybe, yeah, he crosses up Josh Hart, and Lonzo steps up to him, and he turns, backs Lonzo down, just overpowers him with like two shoulder hits, spin move up and under. And I forget if he dunks it or if he just lays it in, but it was just this masterful moment where I had taken a friend who is not a basketball friend, but um, she just was watching the game. And she's like, "Oh, oh yeah, he's the best guy out there, isn't he?" <laughs> I was like, yeah. Oh yeah. Like Monique knows nothing of basketball, but she was just like, "Oh yeah, yeah, he's really good." Yeah. Well, Jasmine, when we were at basketball games, Jasmine can tell who can play and who can't play. She also can tell yeah, who she's so, she also can tell who's attractive and who's not attractive. Um, well, that that's a a fair skill to have. Yeah, of course. Um, I think I actually shared that story with you when I, I had gone to see the I had gone to see the oh no she had went to go the Nuggets. I remember I actually had something to do and I couldn't go to that Sixers Nets game. That was a couple mm-hmm. years back, I believe. So, yeah, Giannis won MVP. He was just incredible. The Bucks had the best record, and he was the best player on the best team. And the team was yeah, the best but... because of him. So that literally means most valuable player, or at least from the regular season wasn't standpoint. wasn't a ton of debate. No, I mean, you have the, the runners-up were Harden and Paul George. And if the Rockets had finished with a better record than the Bucks. I'm sure that Harden probably may have would have won. I mean, Harden did average that season. How much did he average? Do you remember? It's like 35? 36.1. Gosh. Good. Yeah. Giannis won, but he also, Giannis also had the best efficiency at 30.9. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll dive, we'll do some statistics and and individual game highs. Um, Yeah. Uh, but I gotta ask you, uh, All Star wise, who gets the Jamal McGlure All Star Award for this season of being the least deserving uh, All Star? Wait, you want to wait? Wait, you want to jump? For, you want to jump directly to All Star when we could? When we should? We should we're, dive. We're in the awards. We're in the awards right now, and so let's let's go through the awards. This is the whole season, the season. All Star. You know, are you don't awards. you don't just put salt. You put salt okay. and pepper, maybe a little cumin. <laughs> <You put it. laughs> it's paprika. Come paprika. <laughs> All right. So, defensive player of the year was. Uh, do we, are we allowed to talk about him on this podcast? I mean, you got to cover your mouth. Um, Rudy Gobert was the. Uh, yeah. Oh man, I mean. I mean, I don't know. We're not, I'm not going to touch on that. We're talking about I mean, the, this season. The, the guy shut the league down. The, 
literally Ru- the whole Rudy season. Rudy Gobert just... did shut the entire league down. Um, but he did win Defensive Player of the Year last year. Mm. He was a monster. And you are a fan of his. Yeah. From As far as from a playing, maybe not his personal decisions. Uh, and I could say the same thing about Karl Malone. But... Um, as far as him playing, he best center in Utah history, and when we get to those Carl Malone Jazz teams, Carl Malone's gonna beg and wish that he had Rudy had Gobert. Rudy oh, they Gobert. would have won. Oh, they just the chance that they might have won one championship. Dude, the the Jazz centers are an embarrassing <laughs> group. Like Greg, the Greg most Oyster notable. Tag, Greg Oyster Tag. <laughs> That's your best center. The fact that you can get to the finals with a Greg Oyster tag. I mean, look, he's not a Vladimir Stefania, but... Give him a ring. Give... I... <laughs> One of my biggest pet peeves is, is like, the insane... Uh, the insane Hakeem Olajuwon crowd. And they're like, he won without any assistance. Sure, it was a depleted league. You know, it doesn't matter that Drexler was third team and scored 40 points in a game five to stave off elimination um, because it was a best of five series back at the time. Uh, But, you know, he didn't play against a good center aside from David Robinson, who also had a garbage team. Like, Vinny Del Negro was his best player. There's no way that Hakeem beats Robinson and Duncan, that 99 team. There's no No. way. There's no possible way that he would ever... There's no chance that team would have... He'll, that team would have wrecked them. I think Jordan could have beat that Spurs team, but that's about it. It just... Yeah. You know, call me when he beats a good center. Like, I, I guess he beat rookie Shaq. Or not rookie Shaq, second year Shaq. Good job. You know, I'm not... I wouldn't be raving if Jimmy Butler beats Luka Doncic in 20 years that Jimmy Butler... Is better than Luca because he beat him when Luca's in his second year. Mm-hmm. Like, give me a break. Um, by the way, I think we jumped to awards, but we didn't finish transactions. Oh, true. We did. We did. We not did not finish, finish transactions. transactions. So we'll so, come back. We we were we'll come back to that one. I, this is. I feel like this has got to be a two-parter, but we'll see. Yeah, we're shaking it. We're shaking it. This so is the really, first one. We're feeling everything out. Yeah, so uh, I've got some big trades, um, which took me way too long to go through. Massive. We already touched on. We already touched on the Luca for Young trade. Yes. Um, but the, there was the the groundbreaking and shaking move of <laughs> Kawhi and Green for DeRozan and Jakob Pertl. Pertl. Uh-huh. Which, you know, to be fair, Kawhi had played nine games the previous year. And you'll you look at that trade and you're like, wow, that that's not exactly the greatest trade. But DeRozan had also been All NBA, his second team the previous year, so it's you're getting decent value. But wow, Toronto really won that trade. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's really much it. I mean, Demar Derozan's no. I, he's no leader. Kawhi is just... I don't... It's DeRozan. Tamar DeRozan, look, he's a great player. He's a solid NBA player. The guy, I would never want to play him one-on-one. He would smoke me. 
Uh, oh, dude's footwork's amazing. Yeah, USC USC grad, um, but like <laughs> legit, he's not Kawhi Leonard. You know, is that is that the best that the Spurs could have gotten for him? I feel like you take the gamble and go for the young package, which of players. Um, I I know this, the Boston supposedly didn't want to give up all their young players and picks, but I mean you probably could have gotten one of them out of it. You could have gotten one of the players, some of the picks. It just there there had to have been. A better or a more a higher upside return. Maybe it looks worse in the long run because you at least got a decent player, and the Spurs put together a 48 win season this year, so it wasn't even a shabby season. Although it was seventh in the West. I mean, look, they, they yeah. would have been they would have been tied for fifth in the East. Um, yeah, that's really what metric we should really go by. I when I look back on this trade, I think about oh man, like. I don't know. I, I I think about if they could, if they could have got a high draft pick or something, and they could have turned into Luka Doncic, who would mm-hmm. have revitalized San Antonio and been mm-hmm. a game changer. Like while he landed, he landed in a great spot in Dallas. The Spurs would have been able to build around him so easily. He would have had his new Duncan, and I think that's what Pop is missing right now. Is he doesn't have a player to build around, and yeah, like Luka would have been a perfect spur, and. They would have won many championships, and Pop would have coached probably for another five, seven years. Uh, Absolutely, DeRozan is not Kawhi Leonard. There was no way. I mean, for from a strategic standpoint, San Antonio did get like good. Like strategically, they put him in Canada and in the East. I don't think that's what you can go for if you're making these trades. But let's let's go on to the next All major right. trade that that happened, um, uh, which is Jimmy Butler to Philadelphia. Um, oh yeah, that's for right. For Sarich, for Covington, he's been moving so uh, many places that I completely forgot that he's like played for like he's at Miami now, but he was like with Minnesota, he was with Philadelphia. Hell, he was on the Westchester Knicks, right? <laughs> yeah, it's basically four teams in three years. Yeah, was, uh, maybe, maybe he was with Minnesota longer, but I think he's only there for a season and a half. But but you really got to kind of look at it if you're Philadelphia right now. I really think both teams lost this trade. Minnesota doesn't didn't get anything of value really from either their trade of Sarich where they got Culver or their trade of Covington where I can't tell you who they got and I usually can tell you these things off the top of my head. You know what would have been really great around Simmons and Embiid? A couple of wings that can shoot and play defense and it's <laughs> going to cost you millions. Like no, let's play to, let's pay Tobias Harris the max. Which, that's another one of Elton Brand's trades, is trading uh, for Tobias Harris and Boban, who, if you have a chance to acquire Boban, you acquire Boban. Uh, But he gave up Landry Shamit, a great guard, a Miami first-round pick, a future Detroit first-round pick. Yeah. Two seconds. Why are you giving up those picks? (laughs) Maybe that's why you let him go sign with Miami instead of matching him. Because you want to make that pick look worse. That way this doesn't come back to bite you. But it's just, you know, two two bad trades for Philly. They Again, like we, I said last podcast, they have lacked, like, leadership and direction. And I don't think Elton Brand really did a good job with leadership either. And just, here you go. Like, they get Butler. And like Butler said, after his time there, it was a clusterfuck. 
So, yeah. Um, you know, he's still clearly a very good player. Look at Miami. Too too little is made of coaches. Uh, and I, I will stand for coaches. Well, you just need a coach that can handle stars. And, like, as a Laker fan, I've always taken a lot of crap of, oh, Phil Jackson's not that good. He just had these stars. Dude coached Dennis Rodman through three of those Bulls championships. Dude took Isaiah Ryder off the Blazers. Dude coached Ron Artest. Like, you gotta know how to handle head cases. He navigated Shaq and Kobe through three championships, which was a volatile mix. You know, you had Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, Jimmy Butler, and they came close. Like, when we get into the playoffs, they came really close to winning this championship, and that's something that we should think about. But, like, I'll if say, they had a coach that... I'll say this. Um, Brad Stevens couldn't manage the superstar talent that he had in uh, Boston. And if yeah. Phil Jackson had those players, he would have made it be able to make it work, even though they would have hated the triangle. <laughs> it, yeah, Phil also hated young players, so may, maybe not Phil, but yeah. The triangle. Do you want to touch on the last trade that was was pretty notable from this season? Oh, fuck you. No, I don't want to talk about that shit. <laughs> so let's be, let's be real here. What? You know, All right, uh, Dallas and uh, <laughs> Dallas and the Knicks made a trade. We'll, we'll, we don't need to talk about it. Um, there are also some notable signings in the offseason. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, we can very quickly. This is going to be. We have. A, I'm timing this. A minute and thirty seconds starting now. Um, Go. Uh, Porzingis was traded to the Dallas. We got rid of him because our, the owner of the Knicks. And I'm not going to say our owner because I am not a. I'm not a Nick. James Dolan does not own me or my heart. I've been working on this relationship for a very long time. He does not own me anymore. This is abusive Stand up and for toxic. Woo, you tell him, girl. We traded away Porzingis, which, honestly, he's better. I'd rather see him flourish and be better than be stuck in this circus uh, that is New York. I mean, I honestly, I the Knicks don't ever need to play again. That's just my opinion. I just keep the garden dark. Turn it into a museum. The 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 MB, We need to contract the Knicks until Dolan sells. The Knicks are banned from the league. Twenty nine teams. I'm not opposed. That's it. That's all I'm going to well, say actually, about the. I, I am opposed to twenty nine teams. We'll give we'll give Seattle back their team. Exactly. So that way. Move the Knicks. We have the Nets now. New York is fine. We'll keep the Westchester Knicks because they are better. And you, that trade just was was trash. It's trash trade. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it doesn't matter what assets the Knicks get back in any trade because they don't do shit with it. Every trade's a lose. Um, there were some notable off-season signings. Uh, I'm just going to run down them in the order that I wrote them down. Um, DeMarcus Cousins. Do you remember when everyone freaked out about DeMarcus Cousins joining Golden State and how this was, like, adding a fifth all-NBA player to their roster that's now, you know, the perfect, like, center to play with with their other guards. And this was just title over. Yeah, I mean, it was unbelievable. We didn't know when he was going to play, but... Yeah, I mean, it was it was sick. It was freaking sick. I'm not going to lie to you. It was freaking sick. There have been times where the NBA's felt incredibly predictable. And this... That signing was just like, oh, cool. 
Warriors are winning their third straight. And the fact that it didn't happen is, is something that I think I think we need to always remember is this season is truly a marathon. And as much as anything, it's who's healthy at the end of the year that really matters. Golden State's injury and, luck ran out. And I think that if we're forever going to put like a cap on the season, that's basically yeah. what I would say about the season is that Golden State's yeah. injury luck ran out more so than anything else that happened. There's there's legitimately no reason that they shouldn't have won another championship this, that, uh, mm-hmm. this season. And that, I mean, I don't think anyone would disagree. Yeah, That's one of the main reasons I didn't watch. There was no reason to. I knew it was going to happen. You know what I mean? It's like someone gave away the story before, you know. By the way, I see Giannis over there having some fun. Giannis is my cat for the listeners. Uh yeah, he's a pretty cute boy. Hi, Honest. Even though you can't hear me. <laughs> Anyhow, yeah, Cousins, I, that was... Yeah, people were pissed. He was... And in the, in, when he did play with him, he did play well. Mm-hmm. So, Steve Curry is literally like Phil Minnie. That's why Phil wanted him so badly. He knows how to make yeah. talent work together in gel. Yeah. He's got that zen. Um. So, the second signing that, that we had... Uh, that that was notable was Paul George, and when Paul George re-signed, it, he was already in OKC, but he re-signs uh, after like this long. I'm going to LA. I'm not going to LA. I'm going to LA. Um, and there was a freaking party in Oklahoma. Nas came out. Russell Westbrook's house, man. What I would have paid to be there. Th- this was this was gonna be the OK Thunder for for years. The plan. And, like, one year later, it's done. Both players gone. They got one season. But yet they still were going to make the playoffs this year. Too, but. They were still, like, are they? I don't see how yeah. they were any better or worse <laughs> with those two players. It seems like they're just as good. So I throw yeah. my hands up and just, like, you know, and the crazy thing is Paul George was a runner-up for MVP. Yeah, you know, the, there was a strong case that he, he could get it, which I think should be noted that... That as much of a ball hog as Westbrook is, you know his teammates. His teammates almost won an MVP. Uh, Durant did win MVP with him. It's true. I think there's some points there. All right. So last, um, but, but I, the, I want to touch on this just really quickly, if it's possible. Sure. Okay. So last season, uh, this past season, the season we're talking about, the Warriors. I mean, not the Warriors. The Thunder finished 49 and 33. This current NBA season that stopped by COVID. They were forty and twenty-four. Is it reasonable to say that they, they have a? Is it reasonable to say that they might have won more games? I mean, they have a better win percentage this uh, in twenty twenty than they had at the end of the twenty nineteen season. So, so is yeah, Chris that's, Paul better than both of them combined? Yes. <laughs> sad to say. Sad to say, but yeah. Yeah. Apparently. So, like, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Like Gallinari. They clearly like the Thunder are great. So yeah, that George All hats signing. Off to Sam Presti. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and the final, the final offseason signing that was really notable was LeBron to the Lakers, which he came without anyone. His sidekick, and according to an SI article of the top ten biggest transaction of the offseason, was Contavious Caldwell Pope. KCP baby. Call- A show that would have been canceled no. before it even finished out its first season. ESPN put them as, like, the third most likely team to represent the West. 
behind the Rockets and and the Warriors that season. And another which and before LeBron got hurt, they were doing okay. Yeah, they also had a patty cake schedule. Still, I don't want you to dis- I would appreciate if you didn't disrespect Patty Cake like that. I I won't. I will never compare her to LeBron again. Thank you. Now can we do the Jamal McGlure All Stars? Now we can go to the let's let's finish the rest of the awards and we can jump to the All Stars. I've only got two awards that really jump out to me. Okay. Um, looking at at the name winners, and the first is Nikola Jokic taking home the All NBA First Team. And the dude was on a tear. We're going to get into it, but he had some just outstanding playoff series. You know, you can make fun of him and say he's fat and out of shape or whatever, but the guy's passing, like, he can be a little bit doughy when he can make a full court pass, and he doesn't have to run up and down the court. Also, when he can operate from the three-point line as a big or take you down low. You know, it just... This this was Jokic's real coming out party. We saw glimpses of it the previous year, but this was this was him saying I'm here. It's just too bad that he doesn't have those like that leadership swagger. He's just a yeah. really solid player. Like he's just a fantastic player. He'll win you a few games, but like and he's fun to watch. I got him. to watch Jokic in person. He was incredible, man. Never seen the guy just would square up. He was just draining stuff, man. You know what? If you could pair him with Trey Young, or like some sort of fuck everyone point guard that's gonna shoot and do a lot, I feel like they could be really good because he doesn't really care about scoring. He will score, um, but but he's not he's not a major scorer. He wants to rebound. He wants to play team ball. He'll get his numbers when he needs to. Him and Trey Young need to team up. It, I hundred percent agree. If you put that in simulation, simulation. Pff, oh. They win a lot of games. You, you put a couple of defensive, you know, three and D wings around those guys. That's all you need. They would, they would definitely be a top four seed in a conference. Jokic, and, let's make it happen. Um, yeah, that's definitely uh, one. That, that is my new dream pairing. Yeah, uh, Trey Young and uh, Jokic. Trey Young and Jokic. Yeah, for sure. Um, I am sh- like, I'm looking on the, like these all all NBA teams. I mean, Blake Griffin. I mean, and I think I saw that was my notes. second one. Yeah, Blake Griffin, uh, being on the All NBA third team, also next to LeBron James on the All NBA third team, which is yeah. shocking that LeBron was on the All NBA third team. Uh, that is, this is kind how of many times has that like, happened? Uh, twice in LeBron's career. Once was like his second or third year, but he's basically been a staple on first team. But that forward roster of Giannis and Paul George taking first team, Durant and Kawhi taking second team, you know, making an all-NBA team as a forward in the NBA right now is incredibly hard to do uh, because they also count Davis as a forward. Yeah, which is crazy. Well, when you demand not to play center... You don't get to be a center on awards ballots. Um, Could have bumped off Rudy Gobert pretty easily, but no. Also, when you tank your whole season's team because you demand a trade to L.A., which I guess is probably a transaction that we should note. Yes. Uh, that didn't happen. You know, the the demolishing of New Orleans with that trade request. Just the, 
the general tanking that went on for Zion, I know, was something you wanted to touch on. Of course, I think that also, if you're going to put some caps on the season, I'll go back, we'll say, Warriors injury luck ran out, LeBron got hurt, and Zion Williamson affected, you know, well, played into some strategy, for sure. Mm -hmm. This also was the first year of the flattened lottery odds, which I'll, I'll see if I can pull those up real quick. But that's, that's probably something worth noting if we keep going back through the history is what the lottery odds were. Right. Uh, maybe not and every time. We can kind of no, no, but this change. is. But the thing is, this is the last time we're going to have to talk about it until, well, the next podcast we're just going to say, oh, well, these lottery odds were irregular, you know. True, but they've changed before. They have. So they flattened to where the bottom three teams all had a 14% win chance and, um, as opposed to the bottom team having like a 20 and the team before that, had, or the second worst team, having like an 18. Um, so we saw some really wild, wild lottery odds. And that might be something fun to talk about is how that jumped around. But we'll have to do that for the next pod because we're already at an hour. And I don't want to do on-air researching. Yes. So this is of course. not live. And I could totally edit all of this out to make us sound smarter and more well-prepared. But that takes effort. I want to go watch a movie with my fiance at some point. Of it's course, any dinner, I'm hungry. Same here. Um, so let's let's do stats. Uh, unless there's oh, uh, first time all stars. Can't get away from this. I'm not letting you slip away from me. Who gets the Jamal McGlure Award? Who is the least deserving all star? I'm just gonna read off a couple of the names. Okay. So you got D'Angelo Russell making it as an injury replacement for Victor Oladipo. You have Ben Simmons making his first appearance. Uh, you've got the two uh, commissioner added on of Dwayne Wade and uh, Dirk Nowitzki, which neither are eligible, but I just want to say, Kamish, don't do this. Let the fans vote them in if we really want to see them. Like, that's how we got Kobe there. I know there's this new, or the voting thing's weird with players and media voting, but like, if you've earned this final one when you're not good, let the fans give it to you. If they don't, don't don't step in and do this. Uh, the Chris Middleton and um, Nikola Vucevic. <laughs> it's still very surprising that you that we even mentioned Nikola Vucevic on this podcast. Uh, well, truth be so told, I think touched... that I think that Carly Rae Jemsen, who sang the Canadian national anthem at the All Star Game, is probably more important uh, than Vucevic. So the funny thing about Vucevic, who I think is the winner of the worst All Star this year, is he totally fucked Orlando because Orlando drafted Mobamba with the plans of Vucevic as a, a free agent. We're going to let him walk. We're going to just try to rebuild. We're going to try to you know. And then Vucevic has this great year, kind of out of nowhere, gets declared an all-star, the Magic make the playoffs. Which is still... And, like, the, the guy hit 36% of his threes, just kind of out of nowhere, and became the stretch five that I really would have loved in Los Angeles. You know, you put him next to AD and LeBron, uh-huh, but... Oh, it would have been great. Yeah. So now he's 29. Their team's not going anywhere. He's got a long-term deal, and I don't understand any of this. But Vucevic had one good season that ruined the Magic. 
You're welcome. It Orlando. ruined literally, literally and figuratively. Interesting All Star stuff. Uh, my boy, D'Angelo Russell, his redemption arc was complete. Uh, with that one, you know, I know that when we did do the pod last season, I was praising heaps of praise onto the guy. I've never given up on him ever. Uh, obviously, his altercations with Doctor Swaggy P. Um, definitely hurt him. D'Angelo Russell really, just what a great, what a great season, what a great player. That's really all I want to say. I know your boy Chris Middleton finally made it. I mean, maybe he has now one All Star mm-hmm. appearance. Where mm-hmm. Kate, Kate Middleton will always be an All Star. So, uh, he's got two. He's got two. Well, he's got two he's now. Lewis, well, yes, but yeah. I'm talking about in this in context for the season. Uh, Oladipo made it again. He had Beal. Uh, Simmons made his first All-Star team, technically, which is surprising. He had been in the league a couple of years. Well, he only played a couple of years, right? Beal, Beal was starting to come into his own more last season. Or, yeah, that season. You know what's crazy? But Most of what's cr- the East had under, like, four selections. Yeah. It's a very relatively, like, young team, you know? It's amazing that Kawhi Leonard only, has, only had three All-Star selections at that point. He wasn't good, and then he was injured, and then you know you only play nine years the or nine, nine games the year before, so it's hard to, hard to declare him an all star. Right, but we got to move on. We do have to move on. We got to move on. We've got to move on. Interesting stats. Here we go. I got I got a few to throw at you. Okay, this is fun. This is really fun. James Harden averaged thirty six point one points per game, which is wild. Was this a season where Westbrook finished with a triple double again? No. Uh, that was a few years earlier. Uh, no, you know what? You're right. Westbrook did finish with a triple-double again, this right? season, but it wasn't again. Yeah, He finished but, with 10.7 assists in the league. Yep, he did. He was down to 22 or 23 points, still 10 assists, 11 rebounds, which as a point guard still impressive. I don't care if he stat hunts, but, you know, still impressive. But he did, the previous, did it the previous two years. No longer impressed. Now I expect it from him. Yeah, Westbrook had 34 triple-doubles that season. Also, the fun stat that I wanted to point out that I think uh, you... Well, two two more fun stats, and then I'm done. First, Joe Harris finished with a 47.4 percentage from three. That was one of mine, and I love that. That's crazy. Like, I, I know we picked on Al Jefferson earlier, but the guy was 38% from, like, four feet away from the basket. And now Joe Harris is almost fifty percent from three. It's like pretty incredible. Getting, I I remember when it was basically like, hey, yeah, if you shoot above thirty three percent, like you should shoot threes. Wow, this guy's hitting thirty six. Wow, he's really good. Oh my God, someone's hitting forty, and now we're at like forty seven percent, and it's just like that's that's insane. People are really well. Now it's becoming an art. Curry turned the three point shooting into an art. Absolutely. Um, who knew, I mean, who would have known that shooting would have been like? Because Hornacek, like, you keep thinking about like the Brent Berries and the Jeff Hornaceks and the Dan Marleys and the Mark Prices. You know, even Steve Kerr would have been better in this league. Well, so I've been listening to a lot of Bill Simmons Redraftables podcast, and he mentioned the fact that the Kings had Paige Stoyakovic and Hito Turgaloo, and they never played them together. They just alternated them. Was like these two guys. If you would played them like at the same time, like holy cow, you could have you could have had this great shooting team. 
years before anyone. I can't on. wait to talk about Peja. I know we're like ten pod, we're like fifteen podcasts away from Peja. Oh man, that o two o one o two season. Oh, we'll oh get there. God. We'll get there. Scott Pollard. Scott Pollard. We'll, we'll get there. Corliss Williamson. Scott Pollard. Come on. Okay. 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 What's okay. What's your last step? Bobby Jackson. Um, sorry. And the last stat... Uh, Doug Christie. Sorry. Doug Christie. Oh, my God. Bobby... Jeez. Oh, Corliss. Right. Okay. Scott Pollard. Jeez. Oh, man. Just great players. Just fundamentally great players. Shandon Anderson. I, I mean, he wasn't even on that Kings team. But just if we're talking about those people. Come on. All right. Last one. <laughs> uh, Clay Thompson had 14 threes in a game. Yeah. That's... Was that his... That's that's was that that's, the eleven dribble game? I don't. I'm not completely sure, but that is crazy. Um. So my my other one, which is kind of it's kind of two and one, was pace was up uh, a little over three possessions per game from the previous year. So the whole league got faster. Uh, pace was about a hundred possessions per game. Previous year was like ninety seven. About four years ago it was ninety two possessions per game. Jeez. So, like, the the whole league is getting faster. Uh, and with that, we saw there was 22 50-point games that season. Wow. Uh, the the 18-19 season. There were only 14 the previous season. So, we got an extra 8 50-point games. And, like, I don't know. I, I This season I was watching, like, every 50-point game that came up. And it was kind of starting to get boring. Like, oh, yeah, this guy just... Well, if you hit ten, if you hit if you hit ten threes, and then I don't know, then you get at the free throw line. I don't know. You're right, though. I mean, the the Bucks average 118 points per game. Yeah, well, and that's the thing is like if you score 50, and your team's like barely making 100, holy cow, that's an amazing game. But if you score 50 and your um, your team scoring 130. Okay, you know, you scored less than, like, you scored a, a little over a third of your team's points, you scored like 40% of your team's points. I'm just saying, you know, the, our, our perceptions have to change a bit, which is kind of weird to think about. Absolutely. Um, just quick, quick, just really, really fast. These are cool stuff, uh, cool stats. 49.1% is what the Warriors shot that season as a team. That's disgusting. Lights out. That's disgusting. That's crazy. And also 16.6. That is the amount of turnovers per game average for the Atlanta Hawks that season. <laughs> oh, man. And with that, that's the last time we're talking about Atlanta. This <laughs> we're doing the playoffs. Okay, so why is we jump in the playoffs? Just final regular season stats, statistic, uh, standings. Uh, uh, the Bucks finished with the best record in the league at 16-22. Um, Warriors finished with the best record in the West of 57 and 25 worst records. The Knicks finished with 17 and 65 in the East. The Suns 1963 in the West. Everything else in between. Uh, just so, just for your peace of mind, uh, every team last season that made the playoffs in the East finished with at least a 500 record, which I think might be a first. <laughs> it- Definitely first time in a long time. And, yeah, and there was a, and another fun fact about the standings really quickly, 
there was a nine-game difference between the eighth seed and the ninth seed in the West. Damn. And that, that makes me. You know that everyone in that that that's kind of been like the worst final month of basketball. Ever. <laughs> just like, yeah, we've made the playoffs. I guess I guess they're jockeying for position, but like you're just trying to avoid, avoid Golden State. So it just yeah. it, it's incredible. I mean, I just I I love these standing facts, like the the fact that you know two teams, three teams in the league gave up an average of 117 points per game. <laughs> it's just crazy. Like, when we, when we do the next pod, I'm going to have all these stats ready to go. But, like, this is just stuff we should cover because this is so... These numbers are absurd. I thought you'd enjoy the interesting stats. Like, I love it. It's just the fact that matters that, like, nine-game difference between the 8th and the ninth seed in the West. And, like, I think this might be the only time I can say this, but, like, the ninth seed in the West wouldn't have made the playoffs in the East. <laughs> I think that might be the only season we can say that, ever. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so, playoffs. I'm going to piggyback off this. I'm just going to read off what I've got, because um, we're running we're running a little bit long. Um, but for, for in really great individual series in the playoffs, and by individual I mean for the individual, um, we had Kevin Durant in the first round, averaging 35 points on, like, 56.7% from the field, five rebounds, five assists, like, one and a half steals, and 1.2 blocks per game. That is a complete stat line, and I remember Beverly trying to say that he was doing good at defense, which putting Patrick Beverly on Durant is laughable, but Durant was really good, and him getting hurt just kind of kind of ruins part of the playoffs pretty much yeah that's that's the gigantic asterisk on the season the second notable that I've got on here is Damian Lillard who on top of hitting multiple game winners averaged 33 points in the first round 48% from three just I, I could see Dame finishing his career without a title this podcast needs to serve as record that Damian Lillard is a bad motherfucker with the basketball. He just never had the team around him. We, I, you know, that, I dreamt about him going to the Knicks. I've dreamt about him coming to LA a lot. He, he, in many ways, is the emotional successor to Kobe that Kyrie wants to be. It's not Kyrie. It's Dame Lillard, Dollar Dame. Weber State. Um, the third or notable guy that I've got was Jokic, who, Jokic in the first round. 23 points, 12 rebounds, 9 assists. Second round, 27 points, 14 rebounds, 7.7 assists, 1 steal, 1 block. The guy does it all. And I know they got bounced in that in 7-game series is with the with the Blazers. But it could have gone either way. You know, yeah, and then truly the Nuggets Spurs I, I we've got notable series later. For time's sake, we'll skip the Nuggets, Spurs, and the Blazer. There's Nuggets. Both games, both series went to seven. So I, I think it's important to note that the Spurs, in theory, could have made the Western Conference Finals this season with DeRozan if they just win game seven against the Nuggets. But either way, they're both getting demolished by Golden State. Golden State, I forget if they swept or if it was a five-game series against uh, against the Blazers. But 
you know, it, it needs to be said that Jokic, this was his coming out season, making the All-NBA first team, then this playoffs, and Dame Lillard, amazing player, just just needs to be said. Yeah, well, you can say it next podcast, too, for sure. Yeah. Well, um, so the, the other next guy I got is Kawhi. In that series against the 76ers, he averaged almost 35 points, almost 10 rebounds. He had a 41-point game seven where he hits the buzzer beater to win that series. The six-bounce one? And yeah, the six-bounce one, which, you know, put, putting in is that Was that game that seven final, or is that game six? No, that was that was game seven. That is literally the game winner, game seven. Yeah. And to be fair, if he misses it, the game goes to overtime. So it's not like that six bounce keeps Philly from winning because Philly easily could have lost in overtime still. Right. For a closeout game, that should be talked about more. Not just that crazy multi-bounce winner, but Lowry only had 10 points in that game. Siakam had 11. Um, Van Vliet had 4. In many ways, it was probably the last really great game of the playoffs. <laughs> you know, we're, we're going to touch on this, but actually looking back at those finalists, they were closer than I remembered. I haven't watched them, so. Uh, but, um, I mean, that game, that stat line is unbelievable, and that game, I mean, it was a pretty evenly matched series. It's what they always say. It could have gone either way, and the fact that it went Philly's way and then Philadelphia won the championship. Or not Philly. What do I say? It went Toronto's way, and that Toronto won the championship is just insane. Six bounces, baby. You, um, you got a few sorry, more I got stats? Two, got two more for stats. Uh, and it's the Golden State Warriors in the third round um, against Houston, and why this Houston series was not close. And, and Houston had a shot at this because Durant gets injured He's not there for Game 5 or Game 6, both of which go to Golden State. So it's 2-2. Game 5 is in Oakland, and Game 6 is in Houston. Uh, but Curry Curry averages 36.5 points, 8 rebounds, 7 assists, and Draymond Green, 16.5 points, basically 12 rebounds, 9 assists, 2 steals, and almost 3 blocks per game. Like, a depleted broken down Warriors with still two two guys that haven't always gotten the full credit. I know Curry gets a lot of the credit. I know Draymond Green gets sometimes too much credit. But like these guys were these guys were really good. And that green stat line of basically a triple double plus two blocks and two steals, like no one's ever gonna remember that stat line. And that stat line should should be remembered. It's unbelievable. Draymond's great. Also, Michigan State guy. It also knocks out Houston, which was was one of the close series that I want to talk about, and I guess now we don't need to because that stat line is why Houston didn't make it. Yeah. Just plain and simple. I mean, and then when um, Golden State just completely squashed Portland, it was very disappointing. Yeah. Um, I guess really the only series that I wanted to talk about that we didn't talk about I guess the finals, but then um, Milwaukee-Toronto. And I was looking back in the Milwaukee-Toronto series, and I'm not sure that 
I feel like the NBA maybe intervened. I'm, I've got slight, you know, conspiracy theories here. Well, you also like a, you're also like a very like pro Giannis. So, so l- listen to this. So, the Bucks win the first two games. Giannis has one foul in the first game, two fouls in the second game. Then he somehow fouls out in the third game. His third game was a six-point Raptors win. But so he goes from three fouls in the first two games to six in the third? Okay. Ruff's, uh, Ruff's calling that a little bit differently. Including four fouls in that fourth quarter. I'm just saying, I think Silver... I'm, I'm just... Silver's, Silver intervened. I think that David Stern has intervened, and therefore uh, he didn't want a small market team like the Sacramento Kings in the finals. He didn't want a small market team like the Milwaukee Bucks in the finals when he could have a whole country. I don't disagree with you. Amen. I don't disagree Amen. with you. I, I don't disagree. You know, I mean, I saw, I've seen, look, we'll talk about the O2 season, and I'll just cry the whole entire thing. We'll talk about Tim Donahue. It's probably who I'm going to be Game. for Halloween this year. It's uh, <laughs> terrible. <laughs> you know, so the the rest, the whole rest of the series, he he's in foul trouble every game. I'm just saying. Don't you? That, can't you credit this to Nick Nurse being a brilliant coach and having great strategy? I guess, and and Toronto did form a nice wall that Giannis just smashed into time and time again, but. Something feels fishy on this. On this, does level. Milwaukee beat that Golden State depleted team? Yes, I. Well, so I have a harder time believing that. But wait, before we jump to the finals, just one more thing. I think that there's a, a series that we overlooked that just oh. I think we just need to acknowledge. I don't even have to really talk okay. about it. Is the first round Warriors Clippers. When, okay. the, when the Clippers took two games. Because I'm looking overall, and there were really only two sweeps in the entire playoffs. Yep. And that was Boston swooping Indiana, who I think was without Oladipo, and they had made the playoffs despite him, which was admirable. And then Golden State over Portland. Um, so, but the Warriors and the Clippers actually, like, Doc Rivers, that series was very good. The Clippers came in, and both of their victories actually came... In uh, in Golden State, they went into the Oracle Oracle Arena and, and took care of business. Uh, their first win, Game Two, they outscored the Warriors by 18 points in the fourth quarter. And this is with everyone. Five. Yep, the whole team. And this is with everybody. So, like, I think like that is probably one of the more Te- impressive. Technically, what? Technically, Cousins got hurt. So not quite everyone, but... But still. You know, st- they didn't need Cousins to begin with. You don't need Cousins to beat the to beat the Clippers. You shouldn't you shouldn't be relying on your fifth best player to win a first-round series, so... <laughs> Granted, the, the, look, the, the, the West was hotly contested that year because the Clippers could have finished anywhere from... With their 48 wins, they could have been as high as a five seed if they, they were yeah. within two games of a five seed. So, yeah, the West was stacked. But still, the fact it, that the Warriors, the Clippers took the Warriors to six games is incredible. I'm sorry, especially when Portland got swept. 
<laughs> in the finals, you know, and just you know they took the Clippers took the Warriors to the same amount of games, same amount of games that Houston did. To put things in perspective, Houston couldn't even force a seventh game. So, props to that series. I think that's a great. That was you know one definitely one of the highlights of the playoffs besides the Philadelphia Toronto series. Um, but yeah, sorry, that is, and the, obviously the Portland-Denver series, but yeah, I just really thought that we should touch on that, because it was, yeah. I think in a historical sense, like, it was ridiculous that that actually happened. I think also, it sets the, it sets the tone for what is to come, um, in this franchise's history. And, yeah, uh, they showed that they were really good without anybody. Finals. You feel like the finals went fairly handily for Toronto. They won in six. Um, but that game six, Golden State actually had a chance to win it. Curry has a chance with 11 seconds left to win game six and force a game seven without really, you know, Clay Thompson gets hurt that game. Um, Cousins is hurt. Durant is hurt. M- maybe you're right. Maybe Milwaukee doesn't beat Golden State this year. Uh, if if they make it past, maybe Philly doesn't make it it past. I think it's I think you've got some fair points um, because I, I do think it's about matchups. I, it's not NBA, not about matchups. Mm-hmm. And how does Milwaukee match. match up against Golden State versus Toronto match up against Golden State? I think that Toronto well, to presents fair, a more difficult matchup. I would, you know, I even during I the season. Like even during the regular season, Toronto beat them twice, if I'm not mistaken. They did, but I don't know anyone in Golden State with uh, Durant and Cousins hurt that would have been able to match up up with Giannis. I guess I guess you put Green on him, but I still feel like it would have been a lot of fun to see both teams at full strength. I think both teams or at it, full strength. I think be, the game would have went. I think the series would have went six. I think the Golden State Warriors would have won. I don't think Toronto wouldn't have, would have won. I think... Ultimately, I think... I don't know. I still think Durant leaves after this third title. But I don't think I don't think the offseason changes that much. Even if the team stays healthy and they win. I guess that just leaves us with the asterisks, which I feel like this year's a pretty easy asterisk yeah, easy. on the championship. Uh, and this was something we were going to try to do for each championship. Because every year, there's an asterisk. Whether or not people want to admit it, or even look at it, or acknowledge it, so we're not we're not downplaying Toronto. We're just saying, you know, when people look back at this, the asterisk they'll try to apply is that Golden State was not healthy, and that Kawhi needed this crazy six bounce. Yeah, I don't disagree. LeBron was hurt, so the Lakers yeah. didn't make the playoffs. I had the Giannis foul trouble. I'm just saying. I think. Uh, I think Silver's got a little bit more stern in him than we want to than we fully want to admit. Yeah, we can put an asterisk on there. one of uh, on, a, on one of Phil Jackson's titles. I'm happy about that too. I still can't get over that there was a nine game difference between the eighth seed and the, and the ninth seed in the West. And there was also an exactly nine game difference between the top seed and the from the eighth and the first seed in the Western Conference. That's just hilarious. I I tell you, this is gonna be fun to go back and look at these year by years. Uh, just, you know, if you really deep dive into the standings, these splits are, like, 
it's just it's pretty incredible like uh the fact that the Suns went seven and thirty-four away, uh, the Knicks, the Knicks. I mean, they only won seventeen games. They were nine and thirty-two at home, and I was actually there for one of their nine wins. <laughs> so, like, if you just break it out into percentages, right? So they won nine out of forty-one home games. What what's the percentage that I actually was at a win? Like, it has to be, like, what, less than 10%, right? Or about 10%. Uh, it's about a quarter. Yeah, it's, no, it's, more, it's like 20 So one in four. So they won one in, what, four games at home. That's so, that's still hilarious. Like, a little less. The one than, I find. It's it's so much fun to play around with these splits. The one that I find crazy is uh, Denver was 13-3 and three in games decided by under three points. Wow. That's a, that's a massive swing. Whew. Also, the Bucks were forty-five and five, uh, with a ten-point margin. So they had fifty games where they either won or lost by ten points. <laughs> and, you're either the greatest or you're the worst. Yeah. Uh, the flip side of that, uh, you got Phoenix, who was five and forty when the games were over ten-point margin. So <laughs> Igor was not doing well. I feel like he's just like fuck this. I'm going to Slovenia. I'm out. Anyway, Any, anything else you want to talk? I about don't know. I mean, I think I, I'm excited. I think what I have learned a lot for this, and I think next pod I have even more things. Like we, I didn't know how this was gonna go until we did it, but now yeah. I kind of have like a. I think we both have a better idea of how we want to kind of craft it, and there's just so mm-hmm. much that there's. It just shows you, you retired players at me like ten minutes before we started this. I know, right? And, I was and like, it's like, damn, we have to include cut. this though. So it's just kind of like we're seeing what the vastness of a single season encompasses. It's it's really hard to do it justice, but um, I've always dreamed of writing an MBA book, and it's like I've I've read almost every book, every autobiography. Maybe maybe not everyone. I've I've read like seventy ish NBA books, and I've always kind of wanted to go like season by season or you know team by team through their history, and I think I think this is gonna be fun and can definitely work as an outline. So if I ever get around to writing the book, this is kind of what I'm using for. Sure, sure, and you know we'll do season by season, and hopefully we'll be able to do a deep dive into team histories at some future point. Um, yeah. Because I, you know me, nerdy, 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 fact, 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 fact. That's pretty much all I love. I think we're done. Yeah, we're hitting the 100-minute mark. Oh, my goodness. So. All right, so anyway, ladies and gentlemen, this has been another edition of the Hoops Temple Podcast. Playing us in, as always, Lady Loop by uh, my friends and Animal Liberation Orchestra off of their second album, Roses and Clover, released in 2007 on Brushfire Records. Thank you so much for continuing to let us use this song. We just finished the 17-18 season. 18-19. Next podcast, we'll be touching on the 17-18 season. Yes, sir. When these years overlap. So 17-18, and we'll be back with that. And thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, I'm Richard Blue, and he's Nathan Schwartz. Have a good one. See ya.